On today's episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, Cody and I take a look at the second half of the game versus the Eagles and what led to the Houston Texans losing that game. Brandon Cooks, he's back, but is he really back? And Jeff Saturday got hired as the interim head coach for the Indianapolis Colts. Will that affect what Houston wants to do for the future? We'll take a look at all of that and more on today's episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast. You are Locked On Texans. Your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Tuesday episode of the Locked On Texan podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of Locked On Texans is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Super simple. Pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match worth up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. I'm John Hickman, of course, joined by none other than Cody Davis. City at the time of this recording, the city mm. is having a blast downtown. <laughs> the parade is going on. Uh, good fun, where it's you know semi safe, or hopefully nothing comes from that. Uh, but we got to talk about the Houston Texans, Cody. And one thing that I wanted to address because I do think that at the very least it's fair to address it. Lovey Smith talked about fixing the defense. When he was asked about that, he said that we changed the personnel, uh, changed the way that they practice. Things don't happen overnight. We're practicing, trying to get better, understanding about our run defense. Eventually, it will get better. I think in that first half, Houston did a fairly good job of containing the Philadelphia Eagles uh, offense, one of the best teams in the league. And really, defensively, they made it difficult for Philly throughout the game, man. Four sacks. Uh, changing up the coverages, changing up what they were trying to do in order to get after Jalen Hurst, the, one of those guys that moves their team. Not a, not a lot of guys that move the team in the NFL by themselves, but Jalen Hurst does a very good mm. job of moving that offense, and they were able to get after him early on, even with the two touchdowns uh, that they you know scored. But defensively, Cody, what were some of your takeaways throughout that game, specifically in that second half as well? Um, it's basically just goes back to it seemed like the Houston Texans just went back to what they are most comfortable with, and that is them just being conservative. John, I know you asked me about the defensive side of the ball, but I want to take a look at three important factors, if not the three most important factors of the Houston Texans in 2022. You take a look at Lovey Smith, Pep Hamilton, and Davis Mills. All three of those guys came out on Thursday night, and all three of those guys did something different. First and foremost, you take a look at the head coach, Lovey Smith. Smith. Finally, it seemed like he was willing to change up his defensive play calling. It seemed like he at times he threw um a couple blitz packages out there and you know, when you take a look at how decent and solid the defense played in that first half, they did a pretty good job containing Jalen Hurts who is by far I would like to consider him this league's MVP as of right now. When you take a look at the offensive side of the ball, you take a look at Pep Hamilton. Yes, you was out Nico Collins. Yes, you were were without Brandon Cooks. But it seemed like that 
Pep Hamilton did a very good job being more aggressive with his play calling on Thursday night in that first half. And with him being more aggressive with his play calling, allowing Davis Mills to go out there and do more, it seemed like that is when we saw a very decent, I'm not going to say good, but a very decent Davis Mills. Unfortunately, when they went back in that, when they went came back from halftime and they got back out there on the field, they just went back to what they are comfortable with. John, listeners and viewers, I've been saying it ever since week one. In order for the Houston Texans to take that next step, they have to step out of their comfort zone and they have to stop being so doggone conservative. And that is part of the reason why we are looking at this organization as of right now who is sitting sitting with a record of one six and one well i do want to address the second half i thought that pep hamilton received a lot of flat for this second half performance but i gotta tell you guys there was opportunities for Houston to not only stay competitive in this game but possibly win uh you know a shocker i want to go directly to <clears throat> this drive ended in a field goal however it should have ended in six with the PAT7, Mills, the incomplete pass on third and nine to Rex Burkhead that was intended to Rex Burkhead. Had an opportunity, had an opportunity, excuse me, to go back and watch that play, stare down Rex Burkhead the entire way. However, again, that is where the flag between the outside guys and people who are evaluating Pep Hamilton, that's where the issue is coming from because Jordan Akins, who has been playing very good football for the Houston Texans, was open in the middle of the field. They also want to look at Chris Moore had his man beat on a post-corner route on the opposite side, on the right side of the field as well. Those are some of the inconsistencies out of Davis Mills that I think has held this offense back. Going back to the second half of this game, when we look at Mills getting sacked by Hargraves, um, that's when you want to see him kind of step up and get the ball out quickly. Jalen Camp was open on the stick route, didn't do that. That would have helped keep that drive and that momentum going as well. The last pick, Jordan Akins was coming in, ready to sit into a soft zone. It looks like that was a dagger concept. And then you have Mills forcing it to the seam route. All right, These are some of the issues that has really hurt the Houston Texans offensively. And a lot of the blame has been placed on Pep Hamilton. I thought this game and a handful of other games, especially when we look at a sample size of why the tale of two halves, how many games when we look at the Houston Texans, have they had a first half that was fairly decent, you're competitive in, the second half, not so much. Also want to look at the pass completion in the fourth quarter to Dorsett. It was a late pass. Dorsett has to turn into the defender to make the catch. If the ball keeps out, Dorsett with that speed might have six. As I remind you guys, the Houston Texans only had three points in the second half. So, again, when we look at and we criticize and critique, rather, Pep Hamilton, we have to understand that his success is also tied to the success or lack thereof from his quarterback on the field. And I just gave you guys three moments where Davis Mills, second year, finally having a full rookie campaign season, as we like to kind of count 17 games fully before we can kind of judge a quarterback. These are some of the moments where you want him to see him step up and grow and make that play. Also want to mention that Jonathan Owens second half was not good um, on that third cover three deep safety. Look, AJ Brown was able to go right in front of him and score a touchdown. 
Uh, Owens reacts like he looks like he was confused on whatever his assignment was. AJ Brown scores on that play. Also, Goddard, the TD on that Goddard scored in the second half. That was also on Owens. So when I look at the future free agent class for Houston, that may be something that they want to address. However, again, guys, this game, Cody, for me was very winnable, shockingly very winnable. And it's the small details and moments that, like you mentioned, has led Houston to be one six and one and not four and whatever the case is. They should have won more games and second half of the Eagles games is another display on why they have not. Guys, some people are placed on this earth to help find people great deals, amazing ways to make a little extra money, whether it's competitive, super easy. And I like to think of as myself as a helper, and I'm helping you bring to you prizepicks.com. Super easy. Tonight, Lamar Jackson, 210 yards, passing yards, the over-under on that, I'm going to take the under. Andy Dalton, 230 passing yards, the over-under on that, I'm going to take the under. All I got to do is pick two players at the very least, and I can win some money if both of those players hit the numbers I need for them to hit. Again, prize picks is super easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against any other person. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes NBA, MLB, NFL, NHL, PGA, college football, basketball, like everything. They got it at prize picks. You can make the money super easy again. Pick two to five players. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, fast, and safe withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Prize Pick app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy football, daily fantasy sports today. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. With promo code locked on again, that's promo code L O C K E D O N locked on. Thanks for making the Locked On Texan podcast your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insight only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today is available on this app, YouTube wherever you get your podcast welcome back in locked on texans listeners and viewers out there i do want to mention that lovey smith was asked about did he see any changes offensively from the game against the tennessee titans where that game was hard to watch <laughs> compared to the game versus the philadelphia eagles and any confidence in pep hamilton as a play caller he said you know what we're growing each week but first off we talked about starting fast we haven't really started fast. The first and fourth quarter, we haven't played our best football. But to get that touchdown right away, I thought that was big for us, even throughout. You take away those turnovers, and I thought we had a game plan that would allow us to win the football game. And I don't think that quote has been highlighted enough. I think that Lovey Smith is 100% correct. Other than the, those turnovers, the two interceptions that was crucial, critical, to the loss for the Houston Texans from Davis Mills. Houston is right in those games. Each time they have an opportunity to score, if they score, they make that game more competitive than what it is, which is why I wanted to start off with just some of my takeaways 
from Davis Mills in that second half. As you guys may or may not know, Davis Mills had two interceptions, both of which was in the second half, both of which were reads that you would like to see him go other elseways or throw the ball out of bounds. And, John, you started this show and you started last week's show with the tales of two halves. And, you know, when you take a look at what Davis Mills and the Houston Texans on the offensive side of the ball was able to do against the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, the one thing that really had me surprised was because of how competitive they look, how decent they actually look. And that was without Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks. Now we all know Nico Collins, there's a small chance that he could come back for Sunday's game against the New York Giants, which I think Saquon Barkley is going to run circles around the Texans defense um, on Sunday. But um, there's a small chance that he could return to the field. But Brandon Cooks, you know, there's a chance that he can actually come back. And you guys know last Tuesday with him not getting moved at the trade deadline with the cryptid tweets, you know, it called a big mess here in the city of Houston. And, you know, we saw what this team was able to do without Brandon Cooks on Thursday. And, John, when I was sitting there and I was watching Davis Mill spread the ball around from all of his targets to his depleted wide receiving core to utilizing his running backs to utilizing his tight end it brought me back to a conversation that you and i had a couple weeks ago and that was whether or not brandon cooks is actually hindering davis mills's projection and you said that because i think it was a game against the denver broncos where you said it seemed like he was forcing the ball too much to brandon cooks and once again this is a guy his first two years in the city of Houston, he cracked over 1,000 receiving yards. And our good friend, um, Big Sarge, came on this show. And even Brandon K. Scott came on this show and said the same thing, that Brandon Cooks does not look the same as he did those first two years. You agree with them. I didn't agree with them too much. But, John, when I saw Davis Mills take the field without Brandon Cooks, I actually saw a more complete quarterback actually going through his reads. Now, I don't know if that's only due to the fact that he used Brandon Cooks as his safety blanket like he did throughout those last five games of the 2021 campaign. But to me, at least, I got to give you your credit. He did look like a quarterback who is more willing to go through his reads without Brandon Cooks on the field. Before moving on, I want you guys to take a listen to what Davis Mills had to say about his depleted wide receiving core and just an overall him spreading the ball around the field against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I think all the guys really stepped up and came to play today. Um, people making plays were had a really good game plan without those two. Obviously, um, having them out um, takes a little bit away of what we are capable of, but um, really confident in the guys that were able to step up. Really, the whole room was ready to go out there and play any position, so um, felt like we did well. They were getting open. Um, and Tegan, I thought, I mean, his first career catch, I guess, was a touchdown. It was pretty cool for him. Um, he's a true wide tight end. Helps a lot in the run game um, and does a lot surprisingly in the passing game because he's going to go and separate with his uh, speed and it catches people off guard how fast he is. So um, it's going to be exciting to see how he develops and keeps getting better each week. By the way, John, listeners and viewers, Philip Dorsett and Chris Moore had a very good game playing with Davis Mills on Thursday. Those two guys combined for 112 yards, one touchdown, seven catches. And I'm not going to lie to you. 
I would not be mad if Nico Collins come back and he has an opportunity to take the field without Brandon Cooks. I, I'm expecting Brandon Cooks to play on Sunday, but John, listeners and viewers, when I was sitting inside NRG Stadium watching Davis Mills actually look more like a complete quarterback without Brandon Cooks, man, I had to come back on the show and just talk about it. <laughs> I think it's important for Davis Mills to have a game like he did a showing like he did, uh, especially in that first half without Brandon Cooks, because he's going to get ready to go up against the New York Giants. When Lovey Smith talked about Wink Martindale, who was a DC over at in New York for the Giants, said, No one will bliss us as much as they will bliss us. Talking about the hmm. Giants, Texas take them on. And it's important to see a couple of things and again there's some takeaways that you just want to see better it's, but it's good to see davis mills kind of get into some rhythm with guys that are not his number one targets because when you're going to go up against some of these teams like a new york giants they're going to come after you they're not going to necessarily change their game plan and for a quarterback like davis mills who's struggling against the blitz and like an offensive line with a rookie left tackle or left guard excuse me who has had some issues in the last couple of games. It's going to be very important to be on communication, have that communication ready to go whenever somebody's coming in your face and know who your hot rod is, right? When I talked about missing the opportunity to get the ball out to Jalen Camp on a stick route, that's an opportunity for Davis Mills, especially going up, going up against, excuse me, a team like the New York Giants to get the ball out. And I think that was a good takeaway from um, not having Brandon Cooks on that out on that field. Now you're going to be forced to get the ball over to Philip Dorsett, who, by the way, in his role, had a very good game. Could have done much more if a couple of those passes were, you know, just hitting him in stride a little bit, getting the ball out to Chris Moore, who he has a lot of opportunity with throwing the ball to dating back to last season. Uh, but for, for the wide receiving group, we have to understand this. Uh, unless there is a conversation behind closed doors, I do expect to see Brandon Cooks out on the field at some point this season again. Uh, but I think overall it is good to see. It would, be, it would be good to see Nico Collins out on that field. If not without Brandon Cooks, I would like to see Pep Hamilton switch it up, right? If you're going to give us a three wide receiver set, how would it look if, you're, if we're going to see Nico Collins, Phil Dorsett, and Chris Moore out on that field? Right. And another good takeaway, two receivers, two two guys caught their first passes with the Houston Texans this game. Right. Getting some targets. Look at Johnson coming in over last play. Uh, had a good year with the Chargers a couple of years ago. He got an opportunity to get in on the action without having Brandon Cooks. It does allow Davis Mills, it seems like, to just find guys in some situations that may just help the offense out more instead of boosting numbers. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer, esports, and much more. They've got you covered over at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more because BetOnline is where the game starts. Also, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for making the Locked On Texans your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, 
plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers. Before we get out of here today, breaking news. Hmm. The Colts are naming their former six-time Pro Bowl center and current ESPN analysis analyst, excuse me, Jeff Saturday. They're naming him as their interim head coach. Saturday has been a consultant for the team, also in the ring of honor, and was a head coach for the Hebron Christian Academy football team in Georgia. The reason why that's important, well, he doesn't have any NFL coaching experience. (laughs) He's going to be the interim head coach for the Colts, and I don't know if Jim Ursay has a deal worked out with Peyton Manning (laughs) <laughs> At some point, Peyton Manning comes back, and he's given a very prominent role with the organization. As we know, Super Bowl champ, one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game, played in Indianapolis Colts jersey. But with the hiring of Jeff Saturday, again, with no NFL head coaching or coaching experience, will the fire to the fuel, will the fuel to the fire of Josh McCown come back? Hell no. At, at least, hell no, I hope not. And I only say that because, look, when we was going through the whole coaching hire, the whole coaching coaching search and stuff, um, John, I think I said this a couple months ago, and I'm going to repeat it again during that time. Um, I was told by a source that the Texans actually, their camp was divided because it was actually Jack Easterby who wanted Josh McCown to be the head coach of the Houston Texans. And at the time, I think um, Nick Casario wanted, I think, Jonathan Gannon, defensive Gannon. coordinator Gannon was- for... Gannon the was Philadelphia this Eagles. close to being yeah. I can get closer than that. I would exactly. be the Texas head coach. Exactly. Oh, there was some divide going on on off of 610 and Kirby during that time, as I just mentioned. And of course, we all know Brian Flores with the lawsuit. Then all of a sudden, Lovey Smith became head coach. Um, now that Jack Easterby is gone, that is why I'm saying hell no. Unless Something changes, and Nick Casario actually wants Josh McCown. I don't, and plus, I don't even think that would be a good idea because now you're looking at a situation where, and look, I don't think that they're going to move on from Lovey Smith after this season, but if they do, there's no way in hell. Nick Casario can botch another coaching search. I mean, some people want to place the David Cully on him. I don't. I give him a pass for that. But now I think we can all agree that regardless how you feel about the David Cully situation, you have to look at him for the hiring of Lovey Smith. And if they move on from him, you're looking at the a situation when the Houston Texans will be going will, will be going through another coaching search for three years and a hiring of Josh McCown isn't going to change the fortune of the Houston Texans at all. So I'm going to say no. If anything, like I just mentioned, Josh McCown was Jack Easterby boy. And as I said <laughs> on the day that Easterby was fired, hit the road, Jack. It is over. <laughs> Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Check us out each and every day on YouTube under the name Locked On Texans. And follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. 
And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, it's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Sorry if I sound a little different today, a little bit under the weather, but guys, you know, the grind doesn't stop. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.